Just a couple of notices just to start this morning. You will find on your chairs these little cards. I believe Brian produced these. This is uh, details of the uh, Christmas services in this church. Um, you've got one there. There are many more outside. Please feel free to take a few and put them around your neighbours' doors or whatever you want to do. Um, it's just an opportunity of just making people aware in the community what's happening in this church. So please, there's a whole pile of them outside. They're no good for next year, obviously. So we need to use them this year. So take a few and uh, maybe as you're doing, if you go for a little walk this afternoon, you could actually put a few around the neighbourhood. That'd be, that'd be wonderful. And Martin's going to say a few words about next Sunday. Martin. Yes, next Sunday, if you get here at 10.30 in the morning, you'll be nice and early for the carol service at 4.30 in the afternoon, because there's no service next Sunday morning. So, put all your energy in to come in at 4.30, or just before 4.30, because it starts at 4.30, to enjoy a wonderful carol service. A lot of effort's been put into this. Uh, the musicians and singers, we've rehearsed ooh, for seconds almost. <laughs> but, you know, Dave's a professional. He can put it all together and bring it all together. Uh, so it'll be great to see as many as you as possible. Now, I just want to ask you one thing. Can all of you put one arm, the right hand, up in the air, please? Thank you. That's good. You've all volunteered to come next Sunday. And I need five readers to do the readings during the carol service. So... Thank you also for volunteering for that. I'll see you <laughs> at coffee afterwards. I, I like the technique, Martin. I, I think that's a, that's a good one. I'm sure we, we can learn from that. Lovely. So today is the second Sunday of Advent, as I'm sure you know. And the theme, the Advent theme we're looking at today is, is peace. And obviously you don't need to look at your telly for long or listen to your radios or whatever to realise this is a world where there is not a great deal of peace at the moment. And therefore, uh, all more do we need to remind ourselves as uh, fellow believers that uh, we come to one who is known as the Prince of Peace. Now, in a minute, we're going to need a couple of people, uh, well, at least one person, to just light our Advent candles. Now, we don't have any children here uh, this morning, so... Um, we just need someone young in heart, which I'm sure is all of you. So you'll be, uh, you'll be fighting your way, you'll be fighting your way to the front, I'm sure, in a minute, in a minute. But let me uh, first of all uh, read the call to worship, which is from Isaiah 9, uh, chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And do we have a volunteer for the candle? Oh, Carola, lovely. Please do. Yeah. We just need two of them, apparently. And Lynn told me last week it's not the pink one. So, <laughs> so I think you get... No, we're not that one either. It's Christmas Day, that one. So one of the, these two will do fine. <clears throat> Lovely. <laughs> Thank you very much, Carol. There's a prayer that's going to appear on the screen behind me, um, I think. 
Okay, and I just, as part of our call to worship this morning, maybe we can share in this prayer together. Jesus, who brings peace into turmoil and conflict, we thank you for your divine peace mission, which we remember at Christmas. We light this candle this morning as a reminder of your promise of peace. And we offer up our prayers for peace, calling to you for this world. Prince of Peace, hear our prayers. Amen. And there will be opportunities as we go through this morning's service to, uh, to add our prayers of peace to our worship of this morning. But first of all, we are going to stand and we're going to sing the hymn, Angels from the Realms of Glory.
as we worship Christ the newborn King, Christ the Prince of Peace, in this next song we're just going to remind ourselves of the presence of the Lord in this place. That the Prince of Peace comes here and the Prince of Peace amongst us by his Spirit. last Thursday we sang that line didn't we no work too hard for him and as we come and we proclaim the prince of peace this morning recognizing the turmoil in certain areas of our world it's quite a challenge isn't it to hold those two intention and we hold those two intention by what we're going to do now which is coming to our prince of peace in prayer and allowing him to minister to us. So it's an opportunity, as you feel led, for maybe two or three here, just to, to pray this morning prayers of peace. Let's pray.
God of eternity, when the voice of the prophet was silent and the faith of your people was low, when darkness had obscured the light and indifference displaced zeal, you saw that the time was right and prepared to send your son. Set us free from our doubts, from our fears and from our faithlessness. Set us free that we might be ready to welcome him and to worship him who comes as Saviour and Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to get you back to on your feet again. We're going to sing another carol. <clears throat> Hark the herald angels sing.
be seated once again. Many of you will be aware that there was a, a youth event here on Friday, and I just asked Becky to come up and just give us a little update from that event. Thank you, Becky. Morning. Um, yeah, we've already ticked off the first one on the list. Um, we had, I'm not even sure how many people we had here, but we had at least 30 young children and uh, then their parents as well here on Friday evening. Uh, we had uh, mums from toddlers come. We had uh, some mums who had come to our uh, summer event with the donkeys they came back so it was lovely to have them in the building this time um, and we just had a lovely time we we had songs we had craft we had uh, games we did uh, a story where they all got a present at the end and uh, they all had a free dinner and the mums particularly enjoyed the mulled punch that we had going <laughs> we had some some for drivers and some for not drivers and uh, it, it was just a lovely a lovely lovely evening and we actually finished on time which was a small miracle as well and we we lit up the church at the end as well with all the lights so there's actually a few we haven't turned on this morning, but it was a, a lovely event. We did a Chris Dingle as well. We just crammed loads and loads of Christmassy loveliness into it, and they all had a whale of a time, and we made sure that um, when they left, they had one of these, but also um, a list of all the other things that we do in our church so that they can come back and join in with everything. Um, and, yeah, so we had a mixture of the ones that come every week and a mixture of ones that we barely see or haven't really seen. So it was just... Really, really positive session. We really bigged up the uh, carols by candlelight, so we're hoping that there's, we're going to need more chairs. We're going to need more chairs. Um, but yeah, it was lovely, and um, yeah, start as we mean to go on, really. Yeah. I mean, Lorraine obviously is not here today, but I'm sure there are others here who are also trying to support as well. Uh, but I think it's tremendous what Becky does. I always think, you know, be, be careful as well, obviously, for yourself. Uh, but it's tremendous what you do for this church. And so thank you very much. Thank you. And we're just going to pray. We're going to pray, just give thanks for that event. Um, and just, um, if of the youth that were here in this building. Okay? And uh, so just, as you feel led, just lead us in words of prayer and thanksgiving for that event. But also, you know, thinking ahead to the carols and, and other events on those cards.
we, we don't see it very much because they don't come when we're in the church much. But we do think of it all and we praise you for these helpers who put all year round their love and help into this heart for our benefit Lord, we thank you for this time of year that offers opportunities, and we thank you for this event that's just happened and the success that it's been. Um, Lord, we offer our hands, but you do the work, and we thank you that there has been opportunity there for people to be touched by you. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we just pray also for those seeds sown and those conversations that have been had. We pray for our future events in this uh, Advent season. And we just pray you might be at work in, in human flesh, in hearts and minds and souls, calling people towards yourself. Lord, I thank you for the, the, the love of Christ that is expressed in those who serve in this way. And just pray your blessing and your protection upon each one of them. In your good name. Amen. <coughs> Amen. Um, John Kelland is going to come and uh, bring our reading this morning. Thank you, John. Reading from uh, Matthew chapter 5. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Thank you, John. So it may not have been the, the Christmas Advent nativity for the reading you might be expecting in the second Sunday of Advent. Um, obviously it's the Sermon of the Mount, I'm sure you recognise from Matthew chapter 5, or as I prefer to refer to it as the, the beautiful attitudes. It's referred to also as the Beatitudes, isn't it? But the beautiful attitudes. But Jesus told his followers that they would be blessed if they embodied these attitudes and lived them out. It's part of our calling as Christians to seek that road. I'm sure these <clears throat> Beatitudes have been the subject of many, many sermon series, but the verse I want to uh, look at this morning is verse 9, which unsurprisingly, 
is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now in Advent, as we prepare ourselves once more for Jesus' birth, as we, we see how central the theme of peace was and continues to be to the message of Christmas. We think of Christmas, don't we, as a season of peace and goodwill. And yet, sadly, this year there are many who will know neither of those. Gaza, Ukraine remain at the forefront of our media, but there's many other conflicts in this world which rarely get a mention in the news. How much our world needs peace. Not just peacekeepers, but peacemakers. Men and women who are willing to step into dangerous and difficult places in the world in order to establish, re-establish, build peace. Now we might feel that we have no role to play in peacemaking of such global proportions. But nevertheless, we also can be peacemakers and we should aim to be peacemakers amongst our own families, amongst our friends and amongst our community, the people we are living with. Because Christmas, sadly, for some, even at that level, can be a time of difficulty, social disharmony and conflict. And as, Christ, as Jesus' followers, we can well be faced with situations across this season where we have the opportunity to choose between being a peacemaker, stepping out and seeking to establish and build peace, or a peacebreaker. Do you remember what those angels were singing <clears throat> to the shepherds on that first Christmas night? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Peace to all on whom his favours rest. And they were heralding the fulfilment of Isaiah's prophecy, which I read at the beginning of this service, and I'm going to read once more. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Christmas is very much about God's peace mission. A mission that took flesh in the birth of Jesus, the long-awaited Redeemer, Messiah. And in the few short years of Jesus' teaching ministry, peace remained a very central theme of his ministry. Peace with God, peace with one another, and peace with ourselves. And in the Beatitudes, Jesus, I think, takes a message of peace to a whole new level instructing those who seek to follow him to be peacemakers, not just peacekeepers, to follow in the footsteps of our Lord, seeking to bring peace to places where there is no peace. Peacemakers, not just peacekeepers. Jesus wants us to follow him, to be, as it were, establishers and creators of peace not just maintaining something that already exists, like keeping the peace. Peacekeeping is fine. But as Paul, and Paul says in Romans 12, he said, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. But I think peacemaking is a greater call that our Lord places upon us, as he did upon his own ministry. If you think about his ministry that led him most profoundly to his death, and resurrection. 
this was a ministry of peace for our sakes. We, we need to be on our guard as well, because sometimes as Christians we can find ourselves living with an unjust peace, a peace that isn't right in God's views, but is something that is largely generated by our self-interest. Sometimes we can find ourselves so embedded in maintaining a worldly, peaceful status that we lose sight of Jesus' call to be peacemakers, people who create and establish a peace that is right before God. And we can also get, find ourselves being content with a very thin definition of peace, seeing it as little more than an absence of war, especially a war in our own backyard. But the Bible has a much deeper understanding of peace. And you've probably heard that word before, the English word that translates from the Hebrew, shalom. Shalom is a very <clears throat> rich concept that encompasses that deep and lasting wholeness, integrity, well-being and flourishing we experience when injustice is overcome and lives are transformed both at the individual and the community level. To be experiencing shalom is to be flourishing in one's relationships, one's relationship with God, but also one's relationship with one's fellow human beings and even ourselves. Shalom is a peace that is fit for all stages and all times in our lives, whatever we are facing. It equips us for all situations. It makes us whole. It keeps us whole. It is so deep and so mysterious that at times it surpasses our ability to ever understand it. Nevertheless, God's peace, shalom, can be experienced in our own daily lives. And when it is present in our own lives, it becomes almost as a silent witness to others around us who recognise something that maybe they don't have themselves. It is this peace, not some shallower substitute, that we are called to seek that we're called to pursue in Jesus' name. When Jesus rose from, the, rose from the dead and appeared to his terrified disciples, it was this shalom peace that he wanted them to both receive and to know, something deep and life-changing. <clears throat> Three times in John 20 does Jesus say to his disciples, peace be with you, and the risen Lord through the Spirit, continues to bless his people with that same shalom peace if we are willing to follow him and walk in his way. <clears throat> but I want us just to think a bit about where we find this peace and once we find this peace, what maybe we should, how we should respond to it and what we should do. There's a need for peace deep within each one of us. But our longing for, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> but our longing for peace can lead us in a number of different directions. If you look around yourselves in the world, but it also can certainly be our response sometimes to our discomfort, we can look for a peace that rests on, in things, in things that are temporary. But things that are temporary can only ever be a temporary substitute as well. We see many situations, can't we, in the world, both in our own lives and in the lives of those around us, where people build their sense of identity and security on their wealth, their health, their possessions, and their relationships. Yet deep down they know that they do this, that at the end of the day, these things too must pass. Seeking solace in things 
Rather, we forever find ourselves fearing their loss. Those are wonderful words in Isaiah 40. The voice cry says, cry out. And I say, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the, of the Lord has blown on them all. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. It is only the word of God that stands forever. It's a warning to us all against seeking the foundation of any meaningful peace in the fleeting and temporary things of this world. Alternatively, what people do is they withdraw and they maybe hide from the world. Some people recognise the folly of putting their trust in things and resort instead to withdrawing from it, maybe into silence and solitude. And there is a peace to be found in silence and solitude, a detachment from a world of things, but it is more the Buddhist peace, one that requires people to let go of all that is material, including themselves. It is a peace that can be instructive, but this is not the Christian peace that surpasses understanding. It is an impersonal peace. It's a peace of the ascetic, the peace of detachment. But between those two extremes exists the Christian peace, one which is based neither on the world or our separation from it. It is instead, it is based on the person who stepped down into the world, the divine son, the prince of peace. St. Augustine, in his, uh, his Confessions, his book, he wrote this about humanity's lack of peace. And he said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. St. Augustine acknowledges our soul's hunger for peace, peace with God, peace with one another, peace with ourselves. But it is a peace we can only find in God. And this is the peace that we celebrate in the Advent season, not the others, where we remember the arrival of the Prince of Peace who offered himself as our peacemaker, offered us his shalom. Jesus is our peace. Jesus who went to the cross, who was willing to die for our sins, that we might find peace with God. Jesus took, spoke, sorry, Paul spoke of Jesus, our peacemaker, with these words. In Colossians 1 and verse 19. For God was pleased to have all of this fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of, because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out to you in the gospel. For a Christian, our peace is not founded in things, 
It's not founded in the absence of things, but in the person, Jesus, who gave up his life, that we, through faith in his name, might have peace with God. So trusting in the name of Jesus, we now can be a blessing to others too, channels of that same peace, peacemakers in this sadly dysfunctional world. It's a peace we are given, but a peace that is, as it were, sent into the world through us. In John 20, Jesus said to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm going to be sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the ultimate ambassador for peace. And by his Spirit he sends all who believe in him and have received his spirit out into the world as peacemakers. If we want to follow, to model ourselves on Jesus, however imperfectly we struggle with that, we need to remember that he was and ever will be the definitive peacemaker. He's not a avoider of conflict. He's not an appeaser. But he's a peacemaker. And if we're going to go about making peace as we follow him, then I think we need to also recognise what that peace is founded on as well, the role of peace and justice. In the Bible, it's very clear that the first thing we have to recognise when we talk about peace is how interrelated peace is with justice. This is captured poetically by the psalmist. The word here is righteousness, but righteousness and justice are very, very similar words. Psalm 85 and verse 10, the psalmist talks about righteousness and peace kissing one another. Or in Isaiah 32, that fruit of righteousness or justice will be peace. And the effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence. Justice and righteousness are very similar terms. The fruit of justice is peace. And we're given that poetic image of justice and peace embracing one another. There's no point seeking to be peacemakers if we don't also seek justice in this world. Only once the root causes such as poverty, inequality, anger and resentment have been addressed can we ever hope that the nations will beat their swords into ploughshares, their spears into pruning hooks. God's peace will only ever be a pipe dream here on earth as long as God's justice is swept aside by our greed, our fears and our lack of compassion. If we do not attend to the injustices in our society and the wider world and our nation, then we will not experience much and see much of the peace, the shalom peace of God. Now, as evangelical Christians, we sometimes can have a very narrow view of God's peace, seeing it's something primarily that is really just between us as individuals and God. It is that, but it certainly should not stop there. As our Father desires that same blessing of shalom, which he has blessed us with, for the whole created order. Peacemakers, as followers of Christ must almost by definition be justice seekers. Being a peacemaker is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling, but it's a call to action. 
You can't just think about it, you can only do it. Through this word this morning, I think God calls us to be peacemakers. Therefore, by definition, I think he calls us to be seekers of justice too. So maybe as a private reflection that you could take away and just think about yourselves at some stage over this Sunday. Is in what ways do I personally seek justice? Seek to establish something of God's peace in this world? Just as a private reflection, it's not a name and shame thing. But in, you know, it's, a, it's a fair question in response to God's word. In what way am I seeking to be a peacemaker? And therefore the question underneath that is, in what way am I seeking justice and righteousness in this world? The first thing Jesus said to his disciples after his resurrection was, peace be with you. And it's so important we hear that and that his early disciples heard that. But he then said it three times. It's recorded of him saying it at least three times. Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? It's foundational. As we meet him in his word today, those words need to reach us, down through the ages, but they need to reach us. Jesus offers us his shalom peace, not based on our merits, not based on what we've done or what we failed to do, but based on who he is and what he has done. But having received that shalom peace, then we also need to hear his call, a call to have the courage to go into the world in his name as peacekeepers, peacemakers too. And Philippians 4 verse 7, Paul speaks of the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Peace in Christ, peace with God, is something this world so much needs to know and hear this Christmas season. Not just in the areas of of conflict, but in our own families, amongst our friends, and in our communities. We need to seek it and pursue it. It is something we have a role in establishing. It won't just fall into our lap. So the question we're left with, I think the scripture says, as children of God grafted into Christ, will we be peacemakers in our own place and our own time? Reflecting and offering something of that wonderful shalom of God that Jesus has blessed us with. For this Advent, can I encourage you to reflect on your roles as peacemakers, especially in those places where peace and goodwill are sadly lacking. And as you attempt to discern your peacemaking choices, may you know the peace of the Lord is with you. Amen. Before we come to the communion table, we're going to stand and we're going to sing once again uh, the the song, the hymn, uh, Great is the Darkness.
the format of the communion this morning, I'm using a format which is called, in this uh, collection I have here, it's called Lord's Supper, Hungering for Justice. And uh, hopefully we can just remember that. You know, as a peacemaker, we are people who have an appetite for justice. So gather us in, the lost and the lonely, the broken and the breaking, the tarred and the aching, who long for the nourishment found at your feast. Gather us in, the dumb and the doubting, the wishing and the wondering, the puzzled and the pondering, who long for the company found at your feast. Gather us in, the proud and pretentious, the sure and superior, the never inferior, who long for the levelling found at your feast. Gather us in, the bright and the bustling, the stirrers and shakers, the kind laughter makers, who long for the deep joys found at your feast. So Lord, gather us in, from corner or limelight, from mansions or campsite, from fear and obsession, from tears and depression, from untold excesses, from treasured successes, to meet, to eat, to be given a seat, to be joined to the vine, to be offered new wine, becoming like the least, and yet found at this feast. This is the table not of the church, but of the Lord. It is to be made ready for those who love him and want to love him more. So come here if you have much faith or if you have little faith. Come here if you've been here often, or if you haven't been here for a long time. Come if you have tried to follow, and if you have failed. Come, not because it's me, myself, who invites you, it is our Lord, it is his will, that those who want him should meet him here. So in the scriptures we read, on the night on which Jesus was betrayed, he sat at supper with his disciples. While they were eating, he took a piece of bread and a blessing. He broke it and gave it to them with the words, this is my body, it is for you. Do this to remember me. Later on, he took a cup of wine saying, this cup is God's new covenant, sealed with my blood. Drink from it, all of you, to remember me. And so now, following Jesus' examples and command, we will take this bread and this wine, these ordinary things of the world, which Jesus makes special. As he said a prayer before sharing, may we also pray. Let us pray. Gratitude, praise, hearts lifted high, voices full and joyful, these you deserve. For when we were nothing, you made us something. When we had no name and no faith and no future, you called us to be your children. When we lost our way or turned away, you did not abandon us. When we came back to you, your arms opened wide for us. And look, you prepare a table for us, offering not just bread, not just wine, but your very self, so that we might be filled, forgiven, healed, blessed, and made new once again. 
you, Lord, are worthy of all of our praise and prayer. So, Lord, we've come here to share in the richness of your table, but we cannot forget the rawness of the earth. We cannot take this bread and forget those who are hungry. Your world is one world, and we are stewards of its nourishment. Lord, might we put our prosperity at the service of the poor. We cannot take wine and forget those who are thirsty. The ground and the rootless, the earth and its weary people crying out for justice. Lord, put our fullness at the service of the empty. We cannot hear your words of peace and forget the world at war, or if not at war, preparing for it. Show us quickly, Lord, how to turn weapons into working signs and the lust for power into a desire for lasting peace. We cannot celebrate this feast in your family and forget our divisions. We are one in spirit, but at times not in fact. History and hurt still pull us apart. Lord, heal our church of every brokenness. In Jesus' name, Amen. I haven't, as usual, appointed any servers, I'm afraid. So Jackie, would you mind? Do you mind, Carla? Can you both serve? The, um, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'll come, come to you in, in a second. So he come and we now take the bread that Jesus broke and as he broke it, if you remember, he put his blessing on it and he broke it, gave his thanks and he said, this bread is my body broken for you. And we read that after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood. Again, whenever you drink of it, do so in memory 
of me. We drink together once we're all served. Peace of the Lord be with you. Christ Jesus, who has nourished us, is our peace. Strangers and friends, men and women, old and young, for he has broken down the barriers to bind us to himself and to one another. Having tasted his goodness, let us now share the peace. An opportunity for you to get up out of your chair and bless one another with the Lord's peace.
you. Right, even if you can't see me, let's pray. In a moment of peace and calm in our church, Lord, once again we humbly bring to you our troubled world, in particular the countries where wars and unrest are raging. We pray not only for the Middle East, but for other war-torn countries around the world. We pray for those grieving, for the injured and the afraid. For children who have lost parents, we ask that you will take care of them, that places of love and safety will be found for them. For all those who have lost a loved one, a husband, wife, brother, sister, relative, friend, a parent who has lost a child. We pray, Lord, that your love and mercy will bring them comfort and peace. We pray for the safety of the lorries and their drivers carrying vital equipment and medication. Grant that they manage to reach the hospitals who are in such desperate need. Bless the work of the doctors and nursing staff whose lives too are constantly in danger, but who continue to bravely strive to care for the seriously injured, working in such overcrowded and appalling conditions. We ask that you grant physical and mental healing to all those affected by war and for an end to all the trauma and hurting. So, Lord, for all those suffering the ravages and violence of war, we pray that you will provide them with both physical and mental healing. We pray for an end to all wars, as well as acts of violence, all trauma and hurting, and for your love to reign over all. There is so much brokenness in the world, we ask that you will be with each family suffering, not only torn apart by war, but by divorce, abuse, drugs, alcohol, or from the death of a loved one. We pray that you will provide them with the comfort that only you can give. Make us ready and willing to help and serve in whatever way we can. At this time of year, when our minds turn to the birth of Jesus and all the Christmas festivities, please help us to remember that there are many people suffering from poverty today. We pray for those in our country who are experiencing financial needs, those who do not have enough food to feed themselves or their families, those who do not have a home, or recently lost their home because landlords want to sell or increase the rent. We pray that you will provide for their physical as well as their spiritual needs. Let them know you care and grant that we are prepared, ready and willing to do your work here on earth. Perhaps by helping a family in need or by making a contribution to our local food bank and not to pass the needy by, but to be as the Good Samaritan. 
give peace and healing to all those in our church who are unwell, as well as those who have recently suffered a bereavement and are missing a loved one or friend. Finally, Lord, grant that the peace and joy of Christmas brings comfort and happiness to all feeling sad or lost, particularly as our thoughts once more turn to the amazing birth of Jesus, our Saviour, friend, and in whose name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing our closing song, Lord of All Hopefulness. So look forward in hope to the coming of your Saviour. Prepare the way for Christ your Lord. Welcome him with love and faith when he comes in glory. And might the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be amongst us and remain with us always. Amen. God bless you all.
See? 